Hey, thanks for listening to the Big Time Talker podcast of the Blog Talk Radio Network. I'm Burke Allen from Washington, D.C., and the podcast is service of Speaker Match, the world's largest virtual online speakers bureau. If you are a speaker or a meeting planner and you're trying to figure out how to make your way through this whole pandemic situation, Speaker Match may have your answers. Visit them at speakermatch.com. Our guest today is a speaker, but he's also a tech guru, and he's responsible for all sorts of things that are really important now in light of us all sort of hunkering down and finding new ways to live. Uh, his name is Lon Safku. You may have seen him on, on PBS. I think he did the first ever PBS TV special on social media. It was Social Media and You, Communicating in a Digital World. And boy, howdy, are we doing a lot more of that now. Lon is the guy that first developed voice recognition software, which forever throws me under the bus when I try to dictate it into my iPhone. Uh, Lon Safko, welcome to the Big Time Talker podcast. Hey, excited to be here. This is cool. So you're the guy responsible for putting lots of random swear words in my voice recognition <laughs> software. I had to get you on yeah. the phone to ask you what it is that you have against me personally. <laughs> hey, I didn't create autocorrect, so don't blame me for that. <laughs> Hey, if you're a reader as well, you may want to check out uh, Lon's book, The Social Media Bible. And uh, Lon, you look, that's a, a huge book. I mean, it's been translated into different languages all over the world. It's a number one Amazon bestseller. Um, but could you have ever imagined when you wrote that book how important all of this digital communication would suddenly be, uh, you know, after the, this pandemic? Did you have a crystal ball that told you that? <laughs> I happen to have a crystal ball, but I can't get it to work. Unbelievable. When I wrote the book, I knew it was going to be somewhat important, but I had no idea that it was going to change our lives the way it did. And so far into the future, you're absolutely right. Our, our businesses, our lives are dependent on social media and digital communicating. Now, you're a guy that, that is sort of known in, in your world as an innovative thinker. You actually wrote a book about that, uh, a, a creative guy. And from a just an overall standpoint, hundreds of millions of people around the world are having to be more and more creative. I wonder what that looks like for Lon Safko in, in practicality, because you also are a guy who is used to hopping on airplanes and flying all over the world and, and speaking about creativity. You can't do that now. So is this a, a real put your money where your mouth is moment for you? <laughs> you know, it certainly is, and it's it's is for everybody. Innovation and creativity is more important today than ever because of this pandemic. So here's the, the good news. With all the bad stuff that's happening, look for the opportunities. What has changed? What is going to change when we come out of this that you can take advantage of and fit into? What are the needs? What are people going to want? For example, we talked about speaking. Everything is going to go online. So what can you do to promote yourself? to take advantage of Zoom, take advantage of what we're doing right now uh, through the radio. That's what's going to become important. So look for the opportunities and cash in on them. Now, you're a guy that, that I would assume that all comes easy to. I mean, because that really is y your shingle that you put out there. But maybe I'm wrong. So tell me about that uh, for you as, as a young person. Were you always sort of that, that guy who was on the cusp, on the forefront of technology? Yeah, I really was. Ever ever since I was a kid, I was. <laughs> I think my parents told me I was four years old when I took my uh, electric car apart 
they never could get it back together. Uh, but even into uh, my teens and early 20s, I was the first to uh, actually buy a computer of anybody I know. I taught myself how to program. I wrote engineering software. And it just never stopped. I, I, that's how I created the first computer to save a human life and to create the voice recognition and voice synthesizing. Hey, tell me about that. I read that on uh, on one of your websites. I think it may have been safco.com that that first computer to save a human life. That that sounds like a really big deal. But for people who aren't familiar with it, tell us about that. Yeah, I, I created the first chatbot, which allowed me to talk to the computer, and we were talking back and forth. And then I put in some home automation. I was the first to do that. So eventually I had this computer system back in the late 70s, early 80s, that you can just say, lamp on, television off, lock door, call mom. And it would do all of that. And someone said, hey, did you ever think of working with the physically disabled? And it never crossed my mind. So I worked with this one physically disabled person who was trying to commit suicide, but because he couldn't move, he couldn't kill himself. And when he used the computer, he realized that now all of a sudden he had some hope. And within nine months, he left the hospital, he got a job, and uh, it changed his life. NBC did a uh, story on it. Next thing I know, John Scully, the CEO of Apple, actually called me personally and invited me down to Cupertino. And for the next 15 years, I ran a company that developed pretty much everything you see around for physically disabled today. That's amazing. That's got to be really, really gratifying. Um, if you're just joining us, by the way, Lon Safko is our guest today. Visit him online at safko.com, S-A-F-K-O.com. Pretty amazing guy. I want to ask you about something else that I I read surfing the Internet uh, about you before we uh, started the, the conversation. And that is, is it true that you're the guy that is responsible for figuring out those little uh, balloons that pop up, uh, you know, those assistance <laughs> balloons on, on websites? Is that you, really? Yeah, matter of fact, March 6, 1986, I invented it. And the reason I did that is because physically disabled people at that time could not actually pick up a manual. They couldn't learn how to use a computer or learn how to use software. So I came up with this idea. What if you, they were able to move their heads and move the mouse and just put a cursor over a button and that button would pop up a little window and explain what it does? They would never have to refer to the manual. It worked out so well that Apple borrowed it from me and uh -huh. put it in their next operating system. That's amazing. So, so you are a guy then that this comes naturally to, I wonder how much of innovation can be a learned skill, how much of that can be taught or does it really have to be sort of inbred in you? <laughs> you know, that's a brilliant observation. Everybody is creative. You're creative. I'm creative. Children are incredibly creative. And if anybody had teenagers that you catch them coming in after midnight, you realize how creative they can get. Yeah, we man. all have it in us. And it's like playing the piano. It just requires a little bit of practice. Just practice being creative. One of the cool things about uh, our guest today, Lon Safko, and you can visit him online at, at safko.com. We're talking to him about creativity and innovation that, that's just going to become necessary uh, post-pandemic is, and, and Lon, forgive me for saying this, but you are not the stereotypical uh, innovator, inventor, high-tech guy that we all visualize from Silicon Valley. In other words, you're like me. You've had a few more trips around the sun, and the reason I bring that up <laughs> is, is, you know, we all tend to think, man, for, you know, anything that is computer, techie, you know, you got to get uh, a teenager or a millennial in to show you how to do it. Um, I think you are the poster child for you don't have to be a kid to be able to master technology. <laughs> 
You know, that's absolutely true. Uh, older people are, have a tendency to be afraid of technology because for the most part, we haven't really grown up with it. Uh, matter of fact, when my daughter was young, uh, instead of giving her a rattle, I gave her an old cell phone to play with. <laughs> so <laughs> she's complete, <laughs> completely comfortable. But you don't have to be afraid of technology, and it's not age discrimination. Get out there. You, just like anything that goes bump in the dark, once you understand it, it's really quite simple. All right, so give me some specific tips that we can pass on to our Big Time Talker podcast listeners on ways that, that they can innovate with this pandemic. Because, I, you know, I have to tell you, it's for an awful lot of people out there, it's a scary world. I don't have to tell you. There are millions of people that are thrown out of work. They're trying to figure out what to do. Their industry that they may have been in for, for years, for decades, no longer appears to be relevant in, in this uh, world where we're coming out of the pandemic. So give me a couple of meaty things you would suggest. Well, you know what? Let me give you the actual formula. It took me years to figure it out. <clears throat> I was asked to present it one time, and I said, oh, yeah, that's easy. I do it all the time. <laughs> it took me almost three years to figure it out. And I called it the three C's, and it's collect, compute, and communicate. Get it. What I want you to do is whatever you're trying to solve, it doesn't have to be a, a, a negative thing. It doesn't have to be a problem, something that you want to create. Just write down all the ideas, everything that you can think about it. Analyze it from every possible angle. Look on the Internet. Get some. It, what it does is it forces you to understand it. Then give it some time. Your brain will start putting all these pieces together. Now, here's the most important part, the communication part. And this is where we all fail. Too much noise. Turn off your phone. I make my phone shut off every night at 7 o'clock, uh, excuse me, 5 o'clock at night to 7 o'clock in the morning. No distractions. Don't turn the radio on in your car. Just allow your brain to communicate those good ideas like it does at night or when you're exercising or when you're in the shower. Give yourself some quiet time. So collect, compute, and communicate. And that last one, the communicate piece, that is totally not where I thought you were going to go with that. Um, and so that really surprises me. But it does dovetail into something that, that I, I've talked with a lot of folks about, and that is um, the tendency during a, a really serious issue like this pandemic to overindulge um, in cable news and uh, in the radio and newspapers and and really overanalyze the stuff so that you get all worked up about things that you have limited control over. And, and frankly, Lon, as you know, you know, TV people make TV uh, producers with with the intent to get you to watch more TV. So you say, in terms of of collecting that information to help you, uh, you know, better innovate, you really want to limit the amount of outside access you have to information to a certain extent. Absolutely correct. Wow, that's a great observation. There's nothing that we can do about what we hear on the news. And that's the first test. If it's going, whatever they're saying, if it directly affects your life, well, then maybe listen to it. But if you can't make any changes, then stay away from it. Because if you're stressed, if you're, you have any negative feelings, that's going to kill your ability to innovate. So, yes, be informed, but don't dwell on it. Turn the TV off. Spend some quiet time. Read a book. Surf the Internet. Just think and allow your brain to be free from all of that stress. That's where the best ideas are going to come from. Lon Safko, our guest today. Visit him at safko.com, S-A-F-K-O. We're talking about digital communication and social media in, in the new world. Um, what about social media? How much are you there? 
and how much is too much, how much is not enough? <laughs> well, it, I use it for business. A lot of people actually use it for social, uh, hence the word social media. Uh, but I've always used it for business. So when it comes to business, I'm always out there. I'm posting, I'm reading all the time. Uh, but I post very little for social, but I do post some. Now, people enjoy the connection of being connected to other people and and getting involved in their lives and learning what's going on and that's great because that can be very calming for a lot of people so but again keep it to a minimum get on spend a little time read your posts and then get away from it because it's only going to distract you which which social media platforms do you use for business and, and what do those communications look like uh, you know, i've always heard that if you just push stuff out out and, and you're just talking at people you're not actually having a back and forth with them that it has uh you know a less sticky uh ability to to really connect so which ones do you use and how do you do it yeah that's absolutely true what i try to do when, with all of my posts are to help educate uh get conversations going get opinions going so i always try to put something positive so that after you read it or watch it you can there's a good takeaway so youtube right now seems to be one of the most effective put as many videos out there as you possibly can make the video short three to five minutes because remember right now officially we have less of attention span than that of a goldfish and that's been proven in a recent report so (laughs) it's true So YouTube is a good place to get your message out. Facebook, of course, because it has like every man, woman, and child, and monkey on the planet (laughs) in there. So Facebook is good. But I I really still kind of prefer LinkedIn because it's a very, very professional network. You're not going to see cats playing with tinfoil or singing birds. It's uh, It's geared specifically towards business. So, Lund, and, and this is an opinion thing, and there's no right, right or wrong answer, but I would love to get your background as somebody that does a lot of international business. Let's say you've been thrown out of work or furloughed during the pandemic, and you want to try to make a change, and you want to approach someone on LinkedIn um, to facilitate a, you know, a new business opportunity. Maybe you want to apply for a job. What's the right approach if you don't know that person already? How would you advise people to do that? That's great. And that is the best application of LinkedIn that I ever find. Because, I mean, I do speaking and breakouts and training and uh, consulting. So if I identify a company or even if I don't know the individual, first I'll look up the company, then I'll find the individual in the department that's the most appropriate. Uh, For example, I'm trying to possibly teach at a couple of the local universities. So I'll find the, the dean of that department. And then I'll just reach out and ask for a connection and put a little special note in there why there's a reason for them to connect with you. Then you wait. And in, usually within 48 hours, they'll connect with you. Give it another 24, and now you can pitch it. Don't sell, but explain why you can help that person and maybe encourage some type of a conversation or release an email exchange. Next thing you know, you're best friends, you're doing business. What about this concept, Lon, of, uh, and we're talking to Lon Safko today about digital communication in this new world and, and how to best utilize social media. This concept of making sure that your social profile um, is accurate, but yet portrays you in the best positive light. I know that there are lots of folks, especially younger folks, who uh, you know will, will post all sorts of pictures of themselves on social media in various forms of undress and hoisting up you know, a whiskey bottle at Cabo San Lucas and all that. How important do you think that really is in terms of uh, you know, people who are, who are hiring right now? <laughs> I saw a uh, 
cartoon. It, it had to be at least 10 years ago. And there was a hiring HR manager talking to a potential candidate. And it says, oh, I looked at your uh, social profile and it says that you're smart, intelligent, you're a self-starter and you're completely comfortable with your body. <laughs> oh <boy>. That's that's <laughs> oh not, <boy>. necessarily, <laughs> not necessarily the, the direction that you want a hiring manager to take. But that's absolutely true. you got to remember, this is the first generation in history that has a responsibility to market themselves properly. Because anything you put on the Internet, it's called the long tail. It'll sit out there forever. And you never know when it could come back and hurt you. So, for example, I, as I said, I use it for business. You won't find my wife's name, my children's name, my home address. None of that is on the Internet because that was a decision that I made early on. So be sure that anything that you put out there, you wouldn't mind your, your reverend or your mother or your boss to see. Now, you know, we're, we're, you know, honestly, we're a couple of, you know, old guys who are talking about this and, and, and just to play devil's advocate here, there's, you know, one of the highest grossing YouTube personalities is this kid, uh, PewDiePie, who has said all sorts of outlandish things on the internet and uses foul language and has done, you know, uh, stunts where he, he does uh, Nazi things and swastikas and all that. And yet the kid, you know, pulls down $15 million a year. So talk to me about that. Are we a couple of old guys trying to quarterback this? Um, or is he the, the outlier there? No, I think this is kind of really, it's always been going on to some level or another. I mean, when we were younger, geez, we were in our late teens, early twenties, Howard Stern was, uh, the shock jock and he was doing outrageous things and he was making $15 million a year. So that's always been around. And before that it was Don Rickles for our parents. So there'll always be people that are pushing the envelope. But the problem is with that is, is that there's no substance and there's no sustainability. So yeah, they'll make their money now, but it's a flash in the pan. People will tire of it fairly quickly, and then there's nothing left after that. So it's really about uh, the one or two people that that can take that all the way and own that position. The rest of us need to find a different way. Lon Safko is our guest, and we're talking about digital communication in this post-pandemic world. And uh, Lon's got a great website, safco.com, that tells you about what he does and how he does it and how he's innovating and making that shift. Hey, if you have a couple more minutes, I want to ask you, Lon, about uh, some specifics that may be helpful to folks who are listening today that find themselves squeezed out. You've started all these really interesting different things. I read you there's a a company you started called Paper Models with (laughs) three-dimensional internet uh, advertising. There was a virtual electronic retailing um, that you call VE-tailing. You know, these are these very sort of different concepts. But if you are someone who maybe has worked in the restaurant business, which is really struggling, or the live event business, you know, concerts or sporting events, or maybe you're a, a, you know, an event planner and you just don't see a way forward. Can you give me a a couple of tips on how those folks can recalibrate their thinking uh, in this new world? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Let's get back to those three C's. So if you're in the restaurant business and that's what you do, that's your livelihood. And you really don't want to change to a different profession because that's also a very difficult 
chore, especially sure. now because there'll be so many people changing professions. Uh, look at what, what you have to work with. Okay, so restaurants, they're going to open up slow. They're going to have probably have to use uh, non-reusable silverware for a while, so it's going to be plastics. So think through every single part of it. Uh, curbside service. Uh, I just talked to a jewelry company that has a mall, in, uh, a jewelry store inside of a mall, which nobody could access. So I suggested, let's set up three cameras, lots of bright lights. Let's get somebody in there and be able to show the jewelry using Zoom. And you can go through the entire inventory. You can size the ring, do everything that you would do in person, connect with the salesperson, and then you can do curbside delivery of that piece of jewelry. Nobody's ever thought of doing anything like that. So that's what you think of. What do you have to work with and how can you use that to your advantage? That's brilliant. I love the jewelry store idea and, and it helps people stay within their chosen profession, what they're passionate about, as opposed to sort of throwing out the baby with the bathwater. And, and would you say in, in your conversations with business people around the world that most people can find a way to stay within their, their passion field and just tweak it? Um, as opposed to having to completely change the way they, they uh, survive? For the most part, there's no question about it. I mean, we thought the travel agents were going to disappear when everything went to online booking of hotels and airlines and rent-a-cars, but there still are travel agents. So some industries are going to be severely, severely affected by the pandemic and will never actually recover once we come back out, but there'll always still be a place. And if that's your passion, you have to stick with it because if you're not passionate about what you do, you will never be successful at it. Now, if you're not as passionate as you once were, that's now you have a really good opportunity to totally rebrand yourself, take yourself in a different direction and find out what you're passionate about and how you can do something different than from what everybody else is doing. See, that's great. That's an opportunity on both sides. Maybe you've been in a rut and stuck in a dead end job. This is a chance to spring you free. This is great stuff and very good common sense advice. Um, the one last question I have for you as a guy who now finds himself sitting at home a lot more and, and not on airplanes and going around the, the world to speak, uh, how are you changing that up? Have you been able to uh, recalibrate yourself and are you doing virtual presentations and virtual speaking or what does the new world of Lon Safko look like? <laughs> well, I got to reacquaint myself with my wife. <laughs> hey, who are that you? Why are you in my plus. house? Yes. <laughs> and long overdue, uh, traveling around the world all the time. But yeah, that's absolutely correct. One of the things that I had to do is sit down and say, okay, what are the new rules? These have been forced on me. There's not going to be a lot of face-to-face. -face. There's not going to be a lot of large gatherings, not going to be a lot of corporate retreats or presentations. So how can we do that? What can we do? Okay, we can go to podcasting like you're doing, but after listening to the show, I don't think I'd ever want to try to compete with you. You can cre create videos. You can use Zoom. Uh, there's a lot of different ways that you can help people make presentations and do it virtually within the new guidelines that we've been given. I'm going to go out and see if you are ready for your close-up on all those YouTube videos and see if they're out there. <laughs> Lon Safko, our guest today, Pulitzer Prize nominee and author of a whole bunch of great books, including the Social Media Bible, the Innovative Thinking Bible, Cracking the Creativity Code, and his AI chat box, Unexpected Positive Consequences, which are all Amazon bestsellers. Good stuff, and best of luck to you, sir. Oh, it was great being here. What a great interview. Thank you.
Thanks, Lon. Visit Lon Safco at safco.com. I'll spell it again, S-A-F-K-O, S-A-F-K-O, Lon Safco, our guest on the Big Time Talker podcast, a service of our pals at speakermatch.com, the world's largest online virtual speakers bureau for meeting planners and speakers everywhere. Check out speakermatch.com. Great common sense advice and positivity from our guest, Lon Safco, today. Hey, be sure to subscribe to our podcast or tell your Alexa device to play the Big Time Talker podcast with Burke Allen, and I will magically appear. Wherever you go, whatever you do, stay safe, stay healthy. Thank you for listening. Bye, everybody.